0: Welcome to the Retail Systems podcast. I'm Hannah McGrath, Editor of Retail Systems, and today we're going to take a look at the changing nature of the post-purchase and delivery landscape in 2021. The last 12 months have seen unprecedented turbulence for the retail industry, with the boom in e-commerce and changing customer expectations, upending business models and forcing retailers to adapt their supply chains and delivery processes in order to survive. And as consumers look set to continue shopping online in the new retail landscape, the role of a positive post-purchase, delivery and returns experience has become critical to ensuring customer loyalty and a retailer's reputation. So the next six months will also be a test for the changing role of the store, with the omnichannel model placing experiential retail at the heart of a retailer's physical and brand strategy, while also providing a valuable space to store inventory and returns as part of the ship-from-store model. As a result, retailers are under more pressure than ever to reshape their supply chains and business models to ensure operational resilience and provide excellent customer experience. To meet these challenges, some retailers are turning to AI-driven delivery management platforms that integrate into the checkout process and supply chain to provide the seamless post-purchase experience customers have now come to expect. So in this podcast, we'll take a look at how shopping preferences have changed in the last year, the changing role of bricks and mortar stores, and also take a look at the future of e-commerce and what this is likely to mean for post-purchase and delivery in the coming years. And to do that, I'm delighted to say I'm joined by Duncan Licence. He is Vice President of Global Product at Metapack. So welcome to the Retail Systems Podcast, Duncan.
1: Oh, thank you, Hannah. It's an absolute pleasure to be here uh, and to talk to you today.
0: Fantastic. So I think we'll just jump straight into our first question for you today, um, which is how have consumer expectations of the e-commerce post-purchase delivery and returns processes changed in the online boom of the past 12 months? And how important has this become for winning customer engagement and things like loyalty?
1: So I think we've heard a lot about the significant shift in volumes in the UK, in Europe and broadly across the world. What is less clear and what hasn't been talked about nearly as much, I think, but will become far more important is how that's changed consumers' behavior and their expectations. We at Medpac do a lot of primary research to figure out what consumers want. And some of the really interesting data points that we've seen change over the course of the pandemic is the fact that consumers are far more focused on understanding the, the post-purchase journey on tracking, on making sure returns are convenient, um, the way that returns happen are very different and have been very different during the, the COVID time. They're also very focused on ensuring that they get an array of delivery options. Uh, you know, we see most consumers are very focused on home delivery, and that didn't change particularly during the COVID times because most people were at home. But we see people looking for choice and convenience and trying to understand that. There's been a huge uptick in in demand for faster delivery, whilst people, I think, are maybe more impatient. And and convenience around speed and cost has always been a factor of this. But I think what we see is as more people, you know, in the UK, we saw e-commerce hit about 50% of overall retail at its peak. That's really driven consumer behavior. I think the point you made about consumer engagement and loyalty is quite interesting for me. Retailers, online retailers, saw customers going online, in many, for the first time. But actually it wasn't necessarily all those that are going for the first time, but we saw people shop predominantly online. And the question that the retailers are all asking themselves is how can they retain those customers, those new customers that have come on board and those customers that maybe would go back to their old behaviors. And the the work that we do with our customers and also with consumers tells us that that post-purchase experience, the tracking, the returns, the presentation of delivery choice is the thing that really moves the needle for retaining a customer. You know, the products are are available in many different places. The prices are totally transparent. It's really all about that customer experience. And that's the thing that drives engagement and ultimately loyalty
0: sure absolutely i mean in the past um a few months we've seen uh, a huge sort of change in delivery options you know we've now got lockers we have click and collect and people are familiarizing themselves with that and i think across the generations as well Um, and and the point you've picked up on there on you know speed and cost being absolutely central to that customer experience because at the end of the day you know the browsing is is done online and that's something that the customer controls but the one one part of the journey that they don't control is that delivery and returns process and it needs to be a small as possible in order to ensure that they come back. Because as you said, they could easily go to another supplier, another uh, retailer for for, for that um, item. Um, But it's something that really needs to be thought about um, in in terms of that post-purchase experience. So thanks very much for that. Um, What are the key trends we're now seeing in delivery and collection options and how important is it for retailers to be able to integrate these uh, into an online checkout experience?
1: The data that we have from our consumer research tells us that 82% of consumers still prefer home delivery over every other method. And uh, as I say, that was exacerbated whilst many of us were uh, stuck at home during the COVID time. However, what we're also seeing is consumers looking for reverting back to, to the trend that we saw pre-COVID, where we saw a huge uptake in what we call out-of-home delivery, whether that's locker boxes or pickup parcel shops and click and collect or collect from store. And I think when you try to understand why consumers reverted to that, I think it's fairly obvious, uh, and why they're going back to that kind of mean that we we talked about. I think what we see is it's all about cost and convenience and the speed of delivery. The fact that the data tells us consumers prioritize cost. 35% of consumers tell us the cost is the most important thing, but 33% tell us that speed is the most important thing. Those two data points are always kind of vying for uh, the primary driver. And I think that's always going to be the case. And giving customers choice around not only the convenience of where they get their parcel, but also the speed and the cost is critical. I think a great data point is, is some of the investment we're seeing in locker boxes. You know, here in the UK, just recently, InPost, who I think are Europe's uh, largest locker box provider, have said that they're going to invest 100 million pounds in growing and accelerating the presence of locker boxes in the market. And I, I think what we'll see over the next few years is home delivery is going to be the primary method for many people for some time to come. But we will see pickup locations, locker boxes, really accelerating because they are often more convenient and they're definitely cheaper to deliver to. And we're beginning to see carriers offer different pricing, lower pricing for deliveries into pick up out of home delivery locations to home. And I think at the point that the market starts differentiating their pricing from home delivery to, to pickup points is when we'll, we'll see that inflection point as consumers who tell us they care about cost above all else start to move to out of home in a way that they've only really started adopting quite slowly, we'll see that accelerate.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So that, that 35% that said they prioritise cost, um, obviously they're going to be driving that differentiation in the market and by the looks of it. Uh, and interesting there that you said that sort of a third of people are still looking at speed. I suppose it's a question of how does that online experience come as close as it possibly can to the convenience of walking into a shop and picking something up? Uh, and, I, and I guess the returns process is vital to that as well, because you need to be able to send it back with the same ease that it was delivered. Uh, otherwise, I agree. I
1: agree. There's another, there's really another interesting data point that comes out of our research which is the the, this nascent desire to improve the sustainability around how everyone works and lives and consumers are increasingly aware of the environmental cost of e-commerce and delivery particularly and we're seeing traditionally amongst the the younger demographic but i think this will grow in time where people are very increasingly focused on um sustainable delivery and they are prepared to trade off speed against the sustainability of the delivery. Many consumers are prepared to wait a bit longer if they know that that delivery is good for the planet. Unsurprisingly, not many, just 23% are saying they're prepared to pay more for sustainable delivery. But again, I think that will start to change as well once those options become more available and more present in, in the checkouts of retailers.
0: Absolutely, and it only takes sort of doing something once for a consumer to to shift their behavior. They just need to know that it is possible, uh, and then you know it becomes their standard approach to let's say click and collect or, or picking up a parcel. And I think sustainability um, in the retail industry is something we're seeing um, have, having a huge impact. Um, you know on the on the way that shoppers um, sort of purchase things. Uh, secondhand uh, marketplaces have really taken off in the past year, and I think that trend is set to stay. I think it's something which across the generations is becoming um, you know a point of awareness um, when when people uh, make their their retail decisions. Um, So as we adjust hopefully in the next few months to the reopening of the high street, I mean obviously non-essential retail stores are now open but ensuring that that is a long-term process, how is the role of the physical store likely to change and how is new technology facilitating processes like um, ship from store? I
1: think the the kind of the macro point to start is the size of the pie hasn't changed so the the you know retail the, it grows a certain percentage each year but what we've seen is this massive shift uh, over the last year to online and the question as i said earlier everyone's trying to figure out is what what's that going to revert back to some interesting data points that that came out of a recent report from our friends at shopify tell us that 31 percent of consumers are saying they're going to make fewer store visits in future they're going to do more research before visiting a store checking whether inventory is available they're going to and 78% say they plan to shop far more online than they previously did and so i think we're seeing a, a fundamental shift in consumer behavior But I think an overreaction to that would be the the store is dead and we should close loads of stores. I think retailers need to work hard to figure out how the store features in their landscape. Uh, Capabilities like ship from store and ship to store for click and collect are really fundamentally important in terms of making it convenient and easy for the the consumer, making sure that your inventory is available, putting your stores to work in, in the way that they could rather than just thinking of them as as places where you know, they have a PNL and and they generate a trade. One of my favorite thinkers in this space uh, often talks about stores as a marketing expense, which I think is, is maybe a bit of a divisive point of view because most retailers think of stores as a revenue generating activity. But if you think about a store as a, as a marketing expense, which is a showcase for your products, where you happen to occasionally transact, it changes the emphasis because you move stores into the, the, the experience of retail. That sometimes receives deliveries, that sometimes ships parcels, sometimes the, the consumer will take product away if they have the inventory in store to do that. I think that will increasingly happen, particularly at the top end of, of you know, the luxury segments and the fashion segments. In the, in the value end of the market, uh, stores will probably continue to be very transactional, but we're seeing lots of retailers incru- improve the experience of their stores. And, you know, we all know the stores we love to go to and the ones that maybe don't leave as good a taste in our mouth when we go there. And I think it's obvious to say that people are gonna to continue to go to the stores that give them what they want.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I think really interesting um your, your point there about sort of the store becoming part of uh, part of the supply chain. T- supply chain. They're not just the end point. They're not just, you know, where you send all of your inventory to go and be bought. Um, they are uh, an integral part of that ship from store and even the returns process. Uh, and again, you know, th- the store becoming a showcase, part of a branding exercise, um, and and I think that is really important for shoppers, uh, especially at the moment. And um, when you think about brand loyalty and customer engagement, um, the the picture that a store can conjure in your mind, uh, and the, the sort of the the values and you know the the alignment with with customer lifestyle, I think is something which increasingly is going to uh, play a part in the role of the store. Um, so. How are new technologies, such as post-purchase notifications, tracking and self-service, forming part of this new customer experience?
1: So I think this breaks into two parts for me, uh, and they're quite neat. Self-service is one of those things that I think is is kind of all pervasive. It's becoming um, present in most every aspect of life. You know, whether it's your supermarket checkout or the way you you get a, a new passport or whatever. And the reason people introduce self-service is really straightforward. It's convenient for most consumers, but not all. And it's a hell of a lot cheaper to serve that customer if they're able to do it themselves. And so one aspect of this of this, this trend is around making sure you control your cost to serve, making sure that you protect your margins and grow your business in the way that you want. And self-service tracking and notifications, that self-service post-purchase experience, returns as, as well goes into this bucket, is in large part around making sure that you can meet your customer's expectations in a way that's cost effective that doesn't eat away at your margin but there is also a really important second aspect to this which is about meeting customers expectations it's about making sure that you put your brand in front of the customer uh, rather than outsourcing a lot of the the communications to for example the parcel carriers many of whom do a great job but they do it in their own tone of voice and they do it with their own branding as a consumer what i want to do is i've bought a i bought a product from from a particular consumer and I'd quite like my entire experience to be. I know that it's not being delivered by that retailer or that brand, but I, I think consumers increasingly expect the conversation to be with the retailer. And it's difficult for them to navigate if On day one, they get a, a notification from, from carrier A, and on day two, they get a, a different communication, um, that kind of inconsistency from carrier B. So controlling cost is really important, but making sure that you put your brand in front of the customer at every opportunity, that you use that opportunity to, to drive repeat traffic, to increase loyalty, is something that I think the really smart retailers out there are navigating brilliantly, and they're, they're getting the result from that. I think our data tells us that, that 64% of our retailers are really focused on improving that post-purchase experience. I'd like to think that the retailers that are on the Metapack platform are a great sample size of those smart retailers who are navigating this brilliantly. So I think that's a great data point. And the the, the inverse of that is consumers are increasingly having bad post-purchase experience. 81% of consumers in the last 12 months, which is a five times rise, it's a five times increase on on the 12 months prior to that, are saying they've had bad experiences. And that reflects badly on the brands If they're not managed well or or communicated in the correct way. So I think there's, there's a prize for the retailers who navigate this brilliantly, which is to stand head and shoulders above everyone else to put their brand out there. But there's also, there's a sting in the tail here, which is if you don't do a great job of it, you will fail to meet customers needs and they will begin to migrate to those retailers that are doing it well.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I think that that point there of uh, making sure that the uh, post purchase is totally integrated with the 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 browsing and then the transaction experience online. I think that's key because um, friction and frustration can come probably most mostly at the moment from that delivery process. Uh, and and you know it unfairly is associated with the brand and with the retailer, and then obviously has uh, the consequences that you just mentioned there. Um so you know ensuring that um, customers. Uh, can rely on your your post-purchase I think is
1: is I'm going to be controversial for a moment I don't think it's unfair that it's it's it reflects on the brands the 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 retailers or the shippers choose the parcel carriers that they operate with they agree commercial terms and they create and and they 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 curate the experience that they want to offer if if the carriers they choose uh, let them down, as all carriers do from time to time, because you know it's it's a really tough job and you, you're never going to get it right 100% of the time. If they if they if they don't choose the right group of carriers and make sure that they have the flexibility to move around, move volume around as needs dictate, and they then don't manage the messaging or control the experience when things go wrong, I think there's no one else to blame. The the retailer or the brand has to take accountability for that and make sure that they own it. Consumers might be unhappy with a particular carrier, but at the end of the day, they know that that carrier wasn't, they didn't choose that carrier. The retailer that they bought from chose that carrier. and, And that rolls up to the retailer
0: yeah absolutely so that communications piece is vital that inevitably things will go wrong but you have to make sure that the the communication there is consistent and is with within a tone of voice which uh hopefully reflects well on, on the retailer um so yeah fantastic thanks for that um do you foresee the future of retail uh as that of continued growth for e-commerce i mean there's there's a lot of talk in the industry at the moment about you know everything shifting fully online um and and then obviously a, a, a sort of a lot of high street footfall and um, shop closures, is there always going to be a need for for omnichannel in the mix do you think that physical stores are going to be part of the future of retail or is it just going to be a steady decline
1: No, i think retail stores the physical presence is always going to be a feature of the retail experience and there's a fundamental reason for that which is people like talking to other people. They enjoy having a conversation. They enjoy being sold to. They like to be able to go and try things on and do that in a social way. People do it as groups and, and that sort of thing. I don't think that will ever go away because that's a fundamental need that we all have. However, what we're seeing is the way that happens changing. We're seeing, and, and Medipack has a, a an upcoming report on the future of the store where we've done a bunch of work on figuring out what consumers want and how retailers are adapting to this. Consumers worry about the health and safety of going into a store. Right now, people are genuinely worried about whether it's safe to go into a store, whether it's worth going into you know, a really busy store, or maybe I should just wait, maybe I should buy it online. And I'd hope that that, that fear will diminish over time, but I suspect some of the features of the last 12 months are here to stay. And I, I think that Shopify report that I referred to earlier talked about the fact that consumers actually want hand sanitizer to just stay in stores. They should just, that, that, that hand sanitizer at the front door should never go away. Which is kind of interesting but at the same time you could you could understand it the other thing i think if you think about that changing behavior is consumers like stores but they want that blend they want to be able to check the inventory online maybe to make an order in online to go and view it and, and try it on in store or maybe even to buy it in store and get it shipped to to home and so that blend that convenience and choice i think is is, is going to be the thing that, that really changes massively I think Click & Collect will continue to, to be widely adopted, which, which is great for, for retailers that have a physical presence because it drives footfall into the stores. Uh, most of our customers talk about the fact that when a, a consumer comes into the store, they almost always buy additional product in addition to what they're picking up. And you know, I've seen some numbers from some of our retailers where those numbers are incredible. You know, The, the uplift from, from that footfall is a really compelling reason to push Click & Collect. Uh, and so I don't expect that pattern to change. I think if anything, it will continue to accelerate. And you know, if you look at that sustainability angle that we were talking about before, getting a delivery to a store is more sustainable than getting it delivered to home. Um, and it's also more convenient if you wanna try it on and maybe return two or three things at the same time because you can do it all in one go. And so I do think stores are gonna feature. I don't think they're gonna go away, but I, I think the nature of the store and the way that consumers interact with stores or have have already changed and will continue to change in ways that the retailers who navigate this brilliantly will win
0: yeah absolutely and thanks so much that duncan unfortunately and we're coming up to time so so if our listeners um would like to learn more about metapack uh, where can we send them
1: um well the first port of call is is always i would argue the metapack website which is at metapack.com uh we have a, a wealth of of content uh, some of the research I've referred to today is all available there. We've got some great solutions for retailers who are trying to navigate this delivery options, how to present delivery choice in the checkout, how to make their stores work for them. I mentioned the upcoming report on the future of the store. There's a, there's a, a kind of a plethora of, of great content that I think can help retailers figure out how to navigate, you know, what is a very uncertain time and a very changeable time. Uh, the other place I would, I would encourage people to look is on LinkedIn where they can reach out to me personally if they like or directly into the MetaPack team where I'm sure we can find someone to help out.
0: Brilliant. Plenty of content and resources there for MetaPack. Thanks so much, Duncan. Uh, It's been great having you on the Retail Systems podcast and we look forward to welcoming you back for uh, another edition very soon. Thank you.
1: Thank you very much. It's been a pleasure.